Hi, I'm Graham Mack and welcome to the Pod 20. And on this week's show, are there too many opinions on the radio? Find out what Anthony Davis from 5 Minute News thinks. Hear from the podcasters who present a show together but can't see each other. Not even on Zoom. And my special guest is Andy Stevens from the Build It podcast. Andy, you're an award-winning builder. How did you get into the game? Didn't do very well at school, Graham. <laughs> um, the, the reality was, no, I mean, I didn't do badly, but we were, and still to this day, this is where we've got to change perception of construction because it isn't just digging holes and getting dirty. And I was told if you don't go to university, you'll fail in life and you'll become um, a builder or something. And I, I thought, typical me, I'm going to prove people wrong. And, you know, I started work very early at the age of 12, sort of evenings, weekends, holidays, and I really enjoyed it. My first job was helping a carpenter build um, tree houses for kids' clubs. You know, I was 14 at the time, and you just think, no, nah, this is good. This is good. So I, I sort of fell into that, and, um, you know, part of what I'm doing now across all media is trying to get this perception changed because, you know, the, the boom at the moment, and I said on the podcast two weeks ago, I think we're going to hit the biggest boom in construction for a generation. I stand by that. Post-COVID. Right. So the main reason for that is all the infrastructure, HS2, railroad, hospitals, all the government money that's come into it. Plus, we've got a lot of people that have sat at home for a year going, I need a new kitchen. I want to extend, do a garage conversion, loft conversion. And then you've got all the offices that are now being converted into flats. So there's a big boom. So that's right, because they can, won't need as many offices now they've worked out how much of the workforce can work from home. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, the end of my road, there's two relatively smallish blocks on either side. And last week, big sign went up being turned into luxury apartments. And, you know, it's it's um, it's a good industry to be in. Skilled labourers are interviewing at the moment for 350 quid a day, Graham. Yeah, wow. Just labouring? Skilled labourers. Right. What, what's a skilled labourer then? You can use a grinder and a nail gun, things like that. Is that it? Expert tea maker. Um, no, yeah, it's it's yeah. <laughs> it's the, a skilled labourer is someone that can do a bit of everything, but not a skilled trade, not specialist. But you know they can put stop ends on on the end of flow and returns on a radiator and make it safe. You know they can cut a bit of wood, they can mix up sand and cement. Um, you know they can do bits and pieces, but there's such a shortage of labour that people are earning serious money, serious money. Wow. So instead of coming out of uh, university with a load of debt and uh, some qualifications in things that no one's going to need, like animation, you could actually uh, hit the deck running. Well, this is what people don't realise. You know, you can, you, can buy this, you can still be a teenager and be a fully qualified electrician starting on 30 or grand a year. And then you, within a few years, you can build that up, get the experience, which is key, yeah. And then you can end up running your own company, start taking men and women on. Yeah. And suddenly you're on six-figure salary. It's possible, but we, we, it's not taught. Yeah. It's, it's very much construction's your last option, but it's not. Yeah. Actually, I want to talk about that later on. I want to talk about education for apprentices. Andy Stevens, the podcast is called Build It. And Andy is my special guest this week on the Pod 20 which is heard on podcast radio on DAB in London, the home counties, Manchester, Birmingham and Glasgow, on demand in the USA at talkers.com, around the world on multiple platforms. 
and as a podcast itself. Into the chart now, and at number 20, Anatomy of Murder. A murder case has many levels. The victim, the crime, and the investigation. To truly understand it, you need to dissect each piece of a tragic puzzle. Number 19, Killer Roll, from NBC News. The true story of an actress who was cast in a horror film and played a character who shot a man dead. The actress is arrested days later for killing her uncle in an insanely similar way. Number 18, British Scandal, from Wondery. Stories from the murkier side of the British elite. From phone hacking to Savile to Profumo. Because sometimes the truth doesn't set everyone free. Number 17, Motormouth, the motorsport podcast. Tim Sylvie is from Motormouth. What's your background? I, I'm born and bred in, uh, in Surrey, uh, Guildford, Godalming kind of area. And um, a background, I started out, it, as many people do, not having a clue what they're going to do with their lives or career. And um, did uni for a bit um went to the states for a year during uni to work and discovered that earning money was more fun than wait, um, wait a second and... back back up what were you studying at uni that got you to the states well i was studying uh, business and hospitality management and um it was essentially a hospitality course at a very um middle of the road university but one of the good things was they they sent you out for a year to the industry so i went and worked in for universal in in orlando florida and I had a brilliant time, uh, but thought, I don't want to go back to uni. This is much better. You know, rather than hemorrhaging cash at uni, I decided to, to quit and pursue work and fell into recruitment, as I think a lot of people probably do. I was working for Michael Page and then got offered a, a, an internship at a sports marketing agency. And, and that's where my passion for um, motorsport, particularly um, and the business around motorsport really kicked in. And what was it that set the trap? that made you what what you know the the thing that made you go you were you always a motorsport fan i mean i watched it as many people do on a sunday afternoon watch the f1 with your parents and and enjoyed it but wasn't necessarily a great fan until i, I fell into it and and when i started in 2005 at this this agency um it was with toyota um f1 at the time who had a title sponsor which was panasonic and uh, I started working on that account. My, my three-month internship turned into about six years and ended up being a, a director of that company and shareholder and then um, worked on all sorts of great fun Formula One-related content and then left in 2012 after a bit of a stint in the Middle East with them and opening up new offices, and working at a Formula One track in Abu Dhabi and and then set up on my own in 2012 and and, uh, and carried on from there. So when you set up on your own, what were you doing in that business? That was the same thing? Similar sort of things, sort of brand engagement, brand activation in, in motorsport um, and um, really hard work, good fun. Did some very interesting and varied projects um, through a company called Sylvie Sports, which is essentially just a consultancy vehicle for me to do bits and pieces in motorsport, um, generally around brand sponsorship so you know brand x will pay 50 million quid to go and sponsor an f1 team and and i'll help them um activate that partnership through marketing and content and 
digital activations or physical activations, whatever it might be. And I do that through um, Sylvie Sports and an agency called Right Formula, who are a London-based sports marketing agency. Um, so that that's essentially the day job, if you like. And yeah. then um, and then Motormouth came much later and has become the out of hours, morning, evening, weekends, any spare minutes job. And does it pay? Motormouth? It's it's just started paying, um, so we we are making revenue, which is fantastic. Um, and actually, the podcast has been a big driver of that. So um, we're investor backed. We've got about eight investors, which we we got on board last year. Um, but the podcast um, has really helped us, and that's the thing that's driving uh, the revenue for us now. Well, it is a great podcast. It's Motormouth, and it's at number seventeen this week on the Pod Twenty. At 16, case file, true crime, fact, is scarier than fiction. At 15, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. 14 is On Purpose with Jay Shetty, fascinating conversations with the most insightful people in the world. Number 13, Build It with Andy Stevens. Andy, I want to talk about apprentices. Are they getting the right kind of education? Twofold. First of all, apprenticeships are a mess at the moment. An a absolute mess? joke. There's far too much classroom-based study. Now, let's take a plasterer. You don't learn in a classroom watching videos. <laughs> no. Electricians and plumbers, yes, I can understand that. Um, you can do a good percentage in a classroom, but something like a, a, a spread, no way. You need to be on a hawk and trowel learning from day one. Yeah. So that's something which needs to be changed. Um, you need to be with somebody who's a dab and as well. One of the old timers who's, who's done it all. You, you know, it's, you know, this is how we train Jedi Knights. Um, this system, <laughs> you know, but you know, I, I'm making light of it, but you also need to know how to behave on site and how to clean up after yourself and all the rest of it, don't you? That needs to be part of it. But but my point is, unless you're an electrician, obviously. Um, (laughs) But but my my point is, do they need to do more to educate them about the business side of of being a um, I think it's something ridiculous, like 91% of tradespeople will at some stage in their career be self-employed. I think you need to have a bolt-on of your apprenticeship no matter what trade you're learning for, to understand how to run a business. And that's simple things like speaking to a customer, pricing a job, contracts, payment schedules, you know, tax advice, because, you know, we're not good with paperwork and and, and that sort of thing. And that's the reason a lot of building companies do fail early doors is because they haven't got a clue. Mm. You know, you, I learned from asking mates, how are you pricing this job, by the way? And you've, you, there isn't any way of being taught. At the moment, it needs to be part of an apprenticeship that, I don't know, maybe a six-month um, slab or section explaining everything from the minute you set up, if you're a limited company, sole trader, all your tax advice, building a website, all these things, social media these days, because it is suck it and see. And that's why I put a lot of building companies do fail early doors. And a lot of builders end up taking their own lives. I want to talk more about that in a bit with Andy Stevens from the podcast Build It, which is at number 13 this week on the pod 20. And number 12, The Happiness Lab with Dr. Laurie Santos. Laurie takes you through the latest scientific research and shares some surprising and inspiring stories that will change the way you think about happiness. Number 11, Sword and Scale the true crime podcast covering the dark side of humanity. The worst monsters are real. 
at 10. Monday morning podcast. Bill Burr rants about relationships, sports and the Illuminati. At number nine, five-minute news with Anthony Davis. Anthony, you were on LBC for a long time where you used to express opinions. We also used to see you review the papers on Sky News where you commented on what was happening in the world. But your podcast, Five Minute News, is just straight news. Why is that? Because everyone's sick of opinion, Graham. I mean, this is the problem. People are sick of it. They don't want to hear what I have to say. Who the hell am I? They want to know the truth. And this has been the problem, this this concept of bringing in talking heads or, you know, opinion pieces or, you know, a Huffington Post, like things that are kind of user-generated where it's like everyone has a say. When I was growing up, no one was allowed an opinion. You had to write a letter to the Times entitled Dear Sir, and, you know, one in a million, they might print it. And then you were a star because, like, your opinion had been published. Yeah. And, and so now... It's just everybody now is just having a, has a view. And of course I have an opinion. But I just think at this moment, and especially in the last four years in America, which has been very turbulent for, for misinformation, the last thing people needed was another guy showing up with an opinion. What they needed was to know, was to be able, it's, there's so much noise, like it really, it's like a white noise of media. Where do you look when you wake up in the morning? Where do you go? Do you scroll through social media to get your news? The people I know who get their news from Facebook, half of, well, most of that isn't true. <laughs> so, like, I really felt this calling, this sense of duty to create an unbiased news network that did not have any legacy attached to it. It wasn't, you know, years old NBC or ABC or BBC. It was completely new. It was for a modern generation of people who just did not feel that they trusted the news networks. And I'm not saying that mainstream news is not true. Most of it is true. But right-wing media and right-wing opinion has told people that mainstream media is false. And so we're now in this terrible kind of dystopian world of what is true and what is false. And I, and I know what's true and what's false because I have my ear to the ground and I care and I'm not polit political particularly. Um, but I, I, I'm interested in the truth. And so that's what I did with five minute news. I used my voice, which is hopefully trustworthy and it's been around for a long time. People recognize that it's uh, a voice to be trusted. I'm not particularly associated with any politics in either direction. And so. I just felt like it was the right time. And I launched in July 2019, which was right before the pandemic and right in the thick of the Trump administration, of Boris Johnson in the UK and the whole Brexit maneuver. I was very sad about Brexit. I mean, that was one of the reasons I moved to LA. I just really was like, wow, I feel so European. I love being in Europe. I love spending two hours on a train to get to Paris. It's it's all so wonderful and enriching. And to sever that was just a tragedy. I really felt that. And so, you know, then I came to America and then I got trumped like mid-Atlantic because <laughs> he got inaugurated two weeks after I arrived. And um, Did you see you know, it coming? He's not, um, yeah, I did see it coming. I really did. Uh, 
I mean, it's hard. I've tried to block a lot of it out, Graham. You know, it was a very dark period. And this is, I'm not a Republican. This is the other problem in here is that media in America has been biased since 1987 when the Fairness Doctrine was abolished by the Ronald Reagan government, which meant that they had to have fair, you know, fair, balanced coverage in the news. It was abolished. And so there are a whole generation of people who have grown up now with biased news following the Republicans or the Democrats. And it really is a two-horse race. It's not like in England where we have Liberal Democrats and we have Green Party and we have independence and we you know it's it, america is the, the two horse race and so you're in one camp or the other tragically you don't have to be but that's kind of how it is and so some media is to the left some media is to the right some media is all the way to the right and some media is all the way to the left and people don't even know that it's possible in the US to do unbiased news it mm. they've never seen it because a lot of them were born after 1987 yeah. Anthony Davis, 5-Minute News, is at number 9 this week on the Pod 20. At number 8, Happy Place with Fern Cotton. Fern talks to incredible people about life, love, loss, and everything in between. Number 7, Freakonomics Radio. Discover the hidden side of everything with Stephen J. Dubner, co-author of the Freakonomics books. Number 6, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. After 25 years at the late night desk, Conan has never made a real and lasting friendship with any of his celebrity guests. So he started a podcast to fix that. Let's check in with this week's special guest. It's Andy Stevens from Build It. Andy, one of the tragic things about the building game is the amount of self-employed builders who take their own life. Why do you think that is? There's, yeah, there's a few things. There's um, so mental health is my one of my big things. I'm gonna, I know it is. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, yeah. It's and obviously with COVID, uh, that's added a whole world of of extra pressures. But you've got you've got two different workers. Um, you've got your site workers, which the pressure is being away from home, so you don't see your family, and that's that's not good. Mm. Um, the self-employed is where's your next work coming from? Oh God, I didn't price that job right. I'm going to lose a couple of grand because I messed it up. Chasing bad debts, having your van and tools stolen, which is now a, a joke. It's a pandemic and it has been for a few years now, but nothing's happening. You can buy a fob on eBay for 20 quid and get into a brand new Ford Transit without any sign of entry. Yeah, I don't so think security, secu van security, I don't think it's really, it's been about for about at least the last 20 years. It's not been any, and it's not really apart from the, the fob thing that goes blip, the actual locking mechanism on the back of a van yeah. is just like it was in the 1970s it's not it's no more secure a, it's just 10 years now a renault traffic that's the only thing i've ever bought new and um when you drive it it sounds like when you've got a box of quality street and you're banging it around it's so flimsy of yeah. course people get in yeah. you know i think that fundamentally the responsibility starts with the van manufacturers they need to make their vans more secure yeah. Because it is difficult lugging your tools in every night. You don't leave them on a job because I yeah. had mine stolen September before last offered job. It was yeah. a customer's garage with a poor lock on it. So it's, it's um, yeah, it's the problem is you get, construction gets a lot of bad press. But let's remember one thing. It's 10% of GDP. It's not yeah. a small industry. We yeah. kept working through COVID. Yeah. And if you don't want to stay on the tools, you can run your own business. You can go into health and safety, site management college training 
yeah. media. There's so many good opportunities and people forget that. Yeah, and it looks like not only is the education not there to educate them for the business side of it, for the mental health side of it, which, you know, the, 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 and, you know, more could be done. It's why do you think the government are just leaving construction to get on with it when it's 10% of, of GDP? Because David Cameron was starting to do something, but the, the latest lot, they, they don't seem to do anything, do they? Why You're is right. that? He, why, why is that, he, though? Because we've always been perceived as the thickos that are digging holes and getting dirty. And it's you, you look down upon as tradespeople. If you go to Germany, for example, a friend of mine worked over there as a plasterer for 14 years, and you are looked at on the same level socially as doctors, solicitors, architects you're not oh it's a tradesman or woman um that's a big problem um but i think the government really needs to up sticks get things sorted i mean covid when it obviously we worked through covid and the big sites there was having two and a half thousand tradespeople sign in in the morning all using the same pencil <laughs> and you just think you know it's i don't know is the honest answer i think it's, it's poor the way it's looked at as industry and handled the governing um, bodies. We haven't really got a governing body because we're not licensed as tradespeople apart from electricians and gas safe plumbers. I think if we were licensed and had a proper government body representing us, things would be different. Because mm. tomorrow, Graham, you could be a bricklayer. No one's going to ask you for paperwork or experience. Truth is, Andy, I couldn't be a bricklayer. However, <laughs> nothing's to stop me saying I am one. That's how ridiculous it is. Yeah. And I've, I've, you know, I've seen over the years people's houses been left half done. People have taken the money and run, which obviously give us the bad name, cowboy builders and everything. Mm. And you think, look at the state. This is dangerous. Mm. But it's it's not licensed. That's that's a big issue. And I think, again, put my neck out, I think it will be, but it's taking time because the problem is a lot of people in government, you know, ministers looking at housing and apprenticeships, they wouldn't know which end of a trowel to hold. You, we need a task force of experienced tradespeople and architects and engineers that can advise properly. Well, let's hope we get that one day, Andy. Back to the chart now. At number five, that Peter Crouch podcast. Peter Crouch, Tom Fordyce and Chris Stark bring you their guide to being a professional footballer. Number four, the Lazarus heist from the BBC World Service. The true story of what was almost the perfect crime. The hacking ring and an attempt to steal a billion dollars. North Korea was blamed, and it all started in Hollywood. Number three, a cup of tea and a chat with Ali and Bean. Ali, when you and Bean were on the world-famous K-Rock, you were in Los Angeles, and Bean was in New Orleans. Now you're still in Los Angeles, and Bean is in London. So it must be pretty much the same as it ever was, though. You're not in the same room, and you can't see each other basically the same thing because and somebody jimmy pardo who we are good friends with never not funny podcast brilliant guy he was like wait you guys don't do this over zoom you don't look at each other while you're doing the show no why would we do that we've never looked at each other ever <laughs> during a show so it just it works out it of course graham you're sitting there with your um lovely uh stuff to the side the what's that cushioning called soundproofing yeah yeah i uh, if you've lift, listened to our podcast yeah we get to know my trash men we get to know <laughs> my gardeners we get to know the birds outside and i know it's gotten bad because i got a text from bean about two weeks ago 
hey, Graham just got all of this stuff for his house. It's really working out great for him. And, and I was like, where in my living room would you like me to put sound? Well, this is my, where, what you would call a closet where we are now. So you could, oh yeah, yeah, you could hide away in the wardrobe, you know. Where would I put my clothes, Graham? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah this just in. I'm a lady. Yeah. But it's it's been a real joy. It has been a real joy doing this. And God bless Donna for finally saying, listen, you should really think about doing this. Because we have had, we've had a blast. October 12th is when we started. And it just, for me, it's it's been the biggest blessing during COVID times because I have something to look forward to. I laugh so hard working with Bean, and it's just, it's, it's truly a joy. Mm, it's sweet. Hey, Graham, yeah, can I, 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 I'm sitting on this. I got to ask you this question. Sure. Um, There's no rules I, on this, by the way. Yeah, sure. You, you and I have both uh, transitioned after long radio careers into the world of podcasting. And I'm just curious from your perspective. And by the way, Graham's made another transition. He uh, transition. He's doing audiobooks now. And he's done dozens and dozens and dozens of those. 48, something he'd never, 48 audiobooks. Yes, something yeah. he'd never done before either. So we're all, as the industry has changed, we are all pivoting to other things, other things. What were your thoughts about podcasting and maybe doing a podcast before all this happened, before the world changed? Is it something yeah, you have ever been interested in? Were you a listener of podcasts? Because now you do one. You're an actual podcaster. Yeah, it was um, It was something I, I had, like my people who I listened to, but I, I came to podcasting almost through California Aircheck because I would listen to Airchecks of of mostly American broadcasters on cassette. And then when the internet started come along with the, the dial-up internet and some shows were streamed and some shows ran their best of shows or just ran their whole show on their website and you could download it. It was tricky to do. But then after a while, some of them, and I think probably the first one was Kid Craddock in Dallas, he turned his into a podcast. And I was like, okay, so that's a podcast. So then I'd listen to to his radio. I was listening to radio shows as podcasts first. And mm -hmm. then, then you expand and listen to other people and, and then people who lose radio shows like Adam Carolla, who was on your show as, uh, he was on Kevin and Bean show. He then turned his thing into a podcast. And so I kind of, my, my view of podcasting was it was radio just in a different way. It was just a different way of getting, that same audio entertainment from the same personalities do you like listening to from from other places? Because I was listening to stuff from out of market from where I lived anyway. So that was kind of how I came to it. But it seems like it's really opened up now because who knows how many podcasts there are. You just can't keep counting. It's totally democratized broadcasting. Oh, it's wonderful. I mean, we are in the, just like we're in the golden age of content on television with Disney plus and Apple plus and Netflix and all the other people who are making great content. It's that, it's like that with podcasts. I mean, Ali, what was the figure we talked about? How many podcasts were started in 2020? Wasn't it 800 and something thousand? It was an obscene number. I didn't I think even it was think it was over, possible. It was over 800,000 new podcasts started in 2020, Graham. So again, there's something out there for everybody. It is the golden age of content. And, you know, it's just, it's just uh, the question now is just how do you get the word out? How do you let people yeah, know you exist? That's, that's the yeah. truth. Yeah, it's very, it's a uh, discovery is certainly, uh, is certainly the top of the list of what we all of us podcasters need to figure out how to do. And that's one area where Ali and I have kind of struggled a little bit 
we don't know how to get the word out. I mean, we have our 5,000 subscribers would probably disagree with that, though, wouldn't they? Well, I mean, <laughs> and God bless them. They, you yeah. know, they found out about us. But I mean, with the exception of our own social media, and Allie has a lot more followers there than I do. But with the exception of that, I don't know how to get the word out to people. There may be a ton of fans out there of Allie's, of mine, of the old Kevin and Bean show that have no idea that we're even doing this podcast. And we just need, need to figure out a way to... I don't know, evangelize people or do something to get the word out so they so they know we're here. Well, I'm glad you're here, Bean. It's a cup of tea and a chat with Ali and Bean, and it's at number three this week on the Pod 20. At number two, Crime Junkie. If you can never get enough true crime, congratulations, you found your people. And at number one again... The podcast that's about the TV show that everyone's talking about. Obsessed with. Celebrity superfans take a forensic look at Line of Duty. That's it for episode 53 of the Pod 20. Thanks to this week's guest pod stars, Andy Stevens, Tim Sylvie, Anthony Davis, Ali McKay, and Jean Bean Baxter. Next week, my special guests are Tom Wheatley and Brendan Duffy from... James Bond A to Z. Guys, when I was a kid, I had a Corgi Aston Martin DB5, and my friend Martin Roberts had the moon buggy from Diamonds Are Forever. You don't see James Bond toys so much anymore. Definitely not a big part of it anymore. I think, and it's probably because, as you look at the Roger Moore ones, they were designed for their family films, really. There there was lots of things happening for kids and there was lot there was it that some of them had like actual they basically had toys built within them whereas nowadays they're much more adults adult orientated so i can't imagine a very good kids playset for a daniel craig film be pretty <laughs> pretty dull yeah unless it was like a uh, how to beat up a baddie or something a self-defense video or something i don't know um yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, I really don't know it's fascinating stuff it's good to talk to you the podcast is called James Bond A to Z, it's available through all the channels. Pretty much everything, yeah. And are yeah. you making any money at it yet? Are you really exploiting the Bond franchise? No, we're not, no. we're not. I mean, what we basically just wanted something to, a way to share our obsession um, yeah. and kill some time during during lockdown. And it's just turned into a bigger project. But um, no, we really just, for us, it's just more about showing off our pointless knowledge. Yeah, and it's about opinions as well, isn't it? Because everyone's got an opinion on Bond. Oh, yeah. Oh, we yeah. do have a lot of discussions and, and lively debates amongst ourselves on the on the podcast. So always a treat to hear one of those. It's normally me and Brendan arguing about. Is it what? You, what's <laughs> what's the uh, what lights the blue touch paper? What kind of? Subject? I mean, if I if I start talking about Pierce Brosnan, then that's <laughs> it, isn't it? Normally I turn off at that point. <laughs> well, I hope no one turns off when you're my special guests next week on the Pod 20, Tom Wheatley and Brendan Duffy from James Bond, A to Z. If you'd like to watch extended video chats with my guests, check them out on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. What will happen on the podcast radio chart next week? Will Obsessed With still be at the top of the chart? Will your favourite podcast be at number one? Find out with me, Graham Mack, and influence the chart. Make a recommendation at thepodcastradio.co.uk.
faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told. The Friday Reporter podcast was created to help audiences better understand the media by hosting journalists who will answer the questions to which we need answers. Join me every Friday to hear more.